Hi, I'm Lynn. And I'm Jan. Welcome back to the Lamplighters podcast. Lamplighters is a community that encourages women to grow in our faith through the study of God's Word. And we are grateful to be on the journey this year with you as we travel through the Bible, following the stories of some of the women who have impacted our faith. This is our Reconnect podcast, um, a time to kind of catch up on what the Lord was doing in our lives over the holidays. So we left everyone with the challenge to be still, to open our eyes and hearts, and to pay attention to God's activity in our lives. So how did that go for you, Lynn? Well, I can tell you this much. When I do it, I see God so clearly in so many different things in different ways, big and small. And this year was no exception. Um, I saw him not only in my life, but in the lives of so many people that I love. I could just see his fingerprints Mm. all over. But the experience I want to tell you about today is about how God changed, or I should probably say is trying to change me (laughs) and my attitude. Change is always a process, isn't it? Yes, it definitely is. Just yield to it, Mm -hmm. Lynn. It'll be better. Yep. All right, Jan, so you've heard me talk so many times about my childhood. It was really an idyllic time in my life, and it was especially magical during the holidays. When I was growing up, all the cousins on both sides of the family lived in the same city. So holidays were a time of family. On one side of the family, I had 14 cousins, and on the other side, I had 11. Oh, my. Yeah, So every holiday, and actually most Sundays, were Mm -hmm. spent running around, laughing, teasing, and just having fun. You know, we were too young and too unaware of adult issues to notice any family drama. So those memories are some that I treasure the most. Now, as beautiful as those memories are, they unfortunately led me to have a lot of expectations about the holidays, most of which are entirely unrealistic. This is where the part about God changing me comes in. For decades, I focused on my expectations Mm. and what I wanted to see happen during family holidays. However, there are a lot of problems that come with that kind of thinking. First, I spent so much time and energy trying to orchestrate the experience that I wasn't actually experiencing it. (laughs) It's kind of funny when you think about it. Oh, no, I totally resonate with that because I get so busy about what's next that I often miss the moment God has me in. In other words, the right now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, second, I was basing what I wanted on the memories of a child as seen through the rose-colored glasses of an adult. Not to mention that all the players had changed over time. Mm -hmm. New members of the family arrived with their traditions while others moved away. New babies came into the picture and other family members died. It became a constantly shifting cast of characters. I cannot tell you how many holidays I ruined for myself trying to engineer happy Mm, memories. Never works. Yeah. But something in me changed over the years, mostly because I found myself feeling really kind of sad and disappointed after the holidays. I knew things could be so much better, but I didn't know how to make it happen. And there was my problem. I was trying to control things and people that I had no control over. You know, that issue of control rears its ugly head again. (laughs) I came across a quote that totally shifted my thinking, and I apologize because I don't know who said it. It goes like this, expectations are resentment under construction. 
Now, just let that one sink in for a minute. Expectations are resentment under construction. Mm -hmm. Ouch. Mm -hmm. That is unfortunately profoundly true. And I think I know the author. Mm -hmm. I think it's Anne Lamont. Mm, That sounds right. Who is a writer who constantly has things like this that just uh, transform the way I think and feel about Mm -hmm. stuff. Well, when we have expectations of how something should go or how someone should act, we are setting ourselves up for disappointment because we have no control of anything outside of ourselves. And that disappointment can breed resentment. What I've learned is that my expectations control how I interpret my experience. In other words, if something doesn't go the way I expect it to go, my immediate response is disappointment. It might not even be disappointing, but that's my immediate response. (laughs) What would happen if instead of being disappointed because it wasn't what I expected, I instead simply looked at it as a new way to do something? That would change everything for me. The problem was that even though I saw the truth in this statement and in my experience in life, I still didn't know how to make it happen. In fact, I knew I couldn't change it on my own. So, in desperation, I started praying about it. Why do we always let that to last? (laughs) What I came to understand and believe is that the only way to go through life without constant disappointment is to go through life with hopeful expectation of what God is doing in it, because He is always doing something if we just stop long enough to look for it. Hopeful expectation means admitting that our present condition needs redeeming And we are powerless to make it happen. God is the only answer. And it puts the expectation where it belongs. Exactly. So rather than having a vision of how I wanted the time with family to go, I prayed to be present in each moment, looking for signs of God and His presence. It changed everything for me. I felt so much more relaxed and didn't mind a bit when something I had suggested was vetoed for another idea. In fact, I can honestly say this past Christmas season can be added to my list of best of memories. Oh, that's wonderful. I felt truly present, enjoying each moment spent with my kids and grandkids, my mom and Neil. I didn't try to host a Christmas to beat all Christmases. In fact, I ordered Chinese food so I could spend all my time with my loved ones instead of in the kitchen. And Christmas morning, when I usually want everyone together, It was just Neil and I, and we enjoyed a quiet time, just the two of us, and I felt totally content. It felt like exactly what we should have been doing. And all of this only happened because I released my expectations while waiting, hopefully, to see what God had planned. In the past, my expectations often led to disappointment and suffering. Now, my hopeful expectations are filled with anticipation appreciation, and gratitude. So it was a good thing in your life because you were more relaxed. Exactly. And and I bet it was a good thing in everyone else's life too because you were. Uh, Probably. I'm sure that this is a lesson that I will have to learn many times, unfortunately. But the good news is that God is patient and He will be waiting for me to return to Him each time I have wandered away on my own. (laughs) You have talked so many times about your pet sin of control, Mm -hmm. right? Those ones we love and have the hardest time letting go of. And what I hear you saying is the Lord taught you over the holidays that you don't really have control over people and outcomes. 
but that you do control your own attitude and expectations. Mm -hmm. And that made all the difference in how you experience the Christmas season. Mm -hmm. That's what made it the best ever. That's right. Yeah. That's so encouraging to know that we continue to learn new things and that God really never lets go of us. He Mm. continues trying to teach us. Thankfully. So what about you, Jan? How did you see God at work this Christmas? Well, um, as usual, when I was focused on one area, God was doing something different in another area. You know how that (laughs) always is. Um, One of my encouragements to all of us in our last podcast was to stop and be still and be aware of God in each moment, to be like you said, to be present Mm -hmm. with everything, and uh, in that present, to look for the unexpected surprise. Mm So for me, that meant literally stopping what I was doing and observing what was going on and how I was feeling, what I was thinking, how other people were reacting, in short, being present. Mm -hmm. And of course, for me, that involves listening Mm -hmm. and not thinking about what I'm going to say in response, Mm -hmm. right? Not running ahead. And God was faithful to give me so many opportunities to practice being (laughs) present. And as I practiced being in the moment, I had more and more unexpected surprises. Mm -hmm. So you know how I love lists. Yes. Five particular examples came to mind in which I was amazingly present. And I promise I won't give you all the details. I'm going to be real quick. Okay. The first one was we took our grandson, George, to Kansas City for a Chiefs versus Bills game. He's a Bills fan, and I, of course, root for Mahomes. But every moment of that trip felt anointed, from the geese we saw crossing the road to the restaurants he picked to the sideline time when the Bills were warming up. Even the drunk Bills fan in front of us was entertaining, and I would not change one second of that trip because it was saturated with God's provision, and I managed to be present in every single moment of that entire trip. It was amazing. Well, I mean, I love that you gave your grandson that gift, and that's one of those gifts that blesses the giver as much as the receiver, and what memories you're going to have with him to treasure. Well, probably it blessed me more than him, but at any rate. The second one, um, and this is kind of a a switch, was after our dear friend Jane Crow died, her book club felt the need to be together. Now, you can believe that the Holy Spirit was gently drawing us Mm -hmm. into the comfort of each other's presence. Mm -hmm. But for me, it was a compelling force. I longed to be with those friends. I was almost forced to do it, Mm -hmm. to remember, to grieve, to cry, to laugh together, to feel God's love and reassurance. Each one of those moments was precious, and I realized in the midst of all of it, I was really being present Mm -hmm. in a way that I normally am not. Mm -hmm. And then we had another experience kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum, which is number three, and that is we were invited to the baptism of a grandchild of some friends of ours, who happened to be Roman Catholic. Now, I mention that because the baptism was full of symbolism, and the priest kindly explained every step, which was deeply meaningful. I was particularly struck by the scent of oil he used to anoint the baby's head. You may know Mm -hmm. that smell. Oh, my gosh, y'all, heaven must smell exactly like that. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to put my nose down on his head all day. Now, even though... We worship in a different tradition. We were rolled into this very large, rowdy, loving, respectful, four-generation family. 
we were accepted and included really as one of their own. They really treated us Mm -hmm. as if we were members of that family. Mm -hmm. And in the midst of that joyful celebration, one of the grandchildren, who you understand is grown now, (laughs) uh, said, okay, you're one of us and you'll never get away. So we really did feel engrafted into that family. And every moment of that day was one of joy and awe. I was present for each one. I love that. You'll never get away now. (laughs) That just echoes what Jesus says to us, basically. You're mine. I'm not letting you go. Exactly. And I wonder if he says it with such humor as that person did. Anyway, the fourth event was the Christmas Eve service at Covenant. And I know some people have had similar experiences, but this year was really different for me. Um, I was a choir widow because Harold was singing, so I sat with a couple that I know moderately well, but also with some folks that I don't know at all, Mm -hmm. right? And that entire service, I was not distracted for Mm -hmm. one instant. I wasn't sitting there thinking about my grocery list or what I hadn't Mm -hmm. done for the next day or, or, you know, the person next to me should be still. None Mm -hmm. of—I wasn't distracted at all. I was just surrounded by people and lifted by the music and— refreshed by God's Word, and being present in every moment of that service really reoriented me toward the true meaning of Christmas. It was marvelous. Yeah, that's profound. That's always one of my favorite services of the year. I think it's a lot of people's. Yeah. Um, Even mine when I'm distracted, just this year. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, the last one, number five. Well, there's really a number six. But I might mention that in our teaching tidbit on Wednesday. At any rate, number five is, I don't know about y'all, but you mentioned it, Lynn. The holidays can be a time of stress and disappointment because of those uh, unrealized expectations Mm -hmm. that we have. It seems like they bring out the best in families and the worst in families. And frankly, ours is usually a mixture of both of those, right? Mm -hmm. But this year, I think because I was being present, When we went out to Alpine between Christmas and New Year's, our entire time was delightful. Mm. We got to be with my nieces and their fiancés. One of them was planning their wedding. That was so much fun. We were invited to dinner. My nephew was there with his wife, and they had some friends from high school that I knew. Um, They had gotten a pizza oven for Christmas. Mm, That's exciting. So we sat around a fire ring and drank wine and had the younger generation wait on us by bringing us pizza (laughs) slices, which was really fabulous. Uh, The ranch looked amazing. The cedar control's going well. The cattle are fat and happy. And I just felt unusually present the entire time I was there. Mm. So as I was reflecting on these and many more experiences of being present and expressing my gratitude to the Lord for all the unexpected surprises He gave me during the holidays, and then I got another unexpected surprise. So the first ones were, be present, and there's an unexpected surprise in that experience in that event, right? Mm -hmm. But the last unexpected surprise was a thread Mm -hmm. the Lord gave me. And you know how I love threads and tying things together, seeing how they complement and enhance each other and reveal the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. So while the Lord was giving me all these unexpected surprises through being present in the moment, He was also very gracious to have a thread weaving throughout each and every one of them. And that was, he showed me clearly, he was expanding my understanding of family. Mm. It's not limited to my immediate or even my extended relatives. Now, I know that in my head, but my heart needed to open wider 
God knew I needed to experience different kinds of family. Mm-hmm. The family of the Kansas Chiefs fans, and believe me, they are a family. Oh, yeah. Very loud, mm-hmm. but they are a family. The family of friends who can laugh and cry with you and truly understand. The family of our friends who are brothers and sisters in Christ, even though we worship in different traditions. The family I have at Covenant. And that means everybody who listens to this podcast and and everybody who doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, that have walked with me through the years of ups and downs. The family of a new generation and their friends. I had lots of unexpected surprises and lots of families where mm-hmm. I belong. And that was a gift to me. So the blessing of being present in the moment to experience each of those led me to greater and greater unexpected surprises. Oh. It was wonderful. And you really had to be open to experience these gifts. So that's what had you in the right place. You had mm-hmm. opened your heart. Uh, I think the most important takeaway was you're seeing God's thread throughout that whole thing. Because there is always a thread, isn't there? Mm-hmm. We just have to look for it. He had a bigger picture in mind. That's right. He me. always does. He doesn't try to hide from us. He just quietly waits for us to see <laughs> him right where he is. And what a great way to end 2023. And that's a great practice to carry into 2024. Practice the present. That's right. So until next time, 